This is Everyday Driver, where we know cars are expensive and necessary and have to do a world of things. But we also believe they should be fun. Whatever you need and can't afford, we're here to help you find the right car. We're your car friends, your car therapists, and sometimes the bad influence you need. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is The Car Debate. Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday. We have a big week ahead of us, and we want to share all of that information with you, including the fact that later today, Tuesday, we're hitting an embargo, which means that this afternoon, all of your feeds are going to be flooded with journalists being spoiled in Hawaii, driving the Grand Highlander. Uh, Yes, the video drops today, May 30th, 2023 at 5.30 p.m. Eastern on our Test Drive channel. And Todd did not go with me. You held down the YouTube fort. Yes, essentially cutting Prius versus Elantra, which we were enjoying as well. Yeah. That's right. The beast needed to be fed. So yep. you stayed behind. I went to Hawaii and enjoyed the island music and ocean breezes and yes, you did. Grand Highlandered my way around Kona. Yes, you did. And heard journalists complain about being in Hawaii, which never seems yeah, to be oh laugh. Oh my gosh. It's All of that funny. went on, yeah. That was the same reveal that Toyota offered up the new Tacoma, yeah, but yeah. it was the, the point of going to Hawaii was uh, was for the new Grand Highlander. So Texas license plates in Hawaii. They shipped cars all the way That's over. That's amazing. From, uh, from Texas, which was uh, cool and weird all at the same yeah, time. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, the, that video comes out. So that is uh, on the Test Drive channel. And uh, you've also got a little bit of news too. With, I do uh, have news. I have teased it, but it's happening this week, this Thursday and Friday, which is June 1st and 2nd. Those are the two days that the auction will be happening on Discord for my 300ZX. I have a video mm. coming, kind of like the long goodbye video that is coming. It's actually not that long. I'm not it's, sure it's I'm out. ready <laughs> for the car to go away. I'm I'm not ready. Should that I buy it? That video should Just come out Wednesday around. afternoon. Hey, if you, if you want to, feel <laughs> sure. free. But that video I comes can't. out late Wednesday afternoon uh, to kind of prep for the auction. And, and just so you know how this works, it's going to be fairly informal, but the key point for entry is going to be you've got to be a patron so you can be on Discord. Okay, and that is something you could sign up for right here at the end of the month. So you can be with us on the first and the second. And it's literally going to be a timed thing. Like it's going to start early Thursday morning and by late Friday night, whoever has the highest bid is going to be the person that wins the car. It's going to be very straightforward mm. and simple. I've got a write-up done. I've got a video that I'm about to drop. I've got a lot of photos. I hope somebody jumps on it. Now, look, I, I'll, full disclosure, if for some reason it doesn't, nobody bids on Discord, which I don't think is going to happen, or but if nobody mean, bids. You've got your own reserve, you mentioned, right? Well, I'm just going to start it at the place where I want it to go. Okay. And, and, if, okay. and if, if nobody bids, if everybody's like, no, it's not worth that, then okay. Then it's going to be low 20s. And so if nobody wants it, then fine. I'll have to go normal routes. But I would think okay. somebody out there hopefully wants the car. So this is what's going on with uh, with the Z car. And it, it is bittersweet. I drove it out with my son yesterday. Mm. And we shot a bunch with it. And it was interesting and, and kind of nice in a weird way. Because my first drive in it was with my son. Buying it in Montana and driving it down. So yesterday, he actually wanted to come with me, and we drove it out, and we shot some stuff with it. And so uh, now it's back in the garage, and I'm doing the edit. So that's coming out this week for the auction this weekend. Or or actually, not this weekend, but Thursday, Friday. How is he with the goodbye for this car? Because over time, he's said goodbye to a lot of cars that Mm -hmm. have come into your life and then left. I mean, it's actually a good number of cars now. Yeah, yeah. Phaeton and Z4s and now the Z and... He's doing, here's the thing. Overall, I think he's doing better with this one than he ever has. Okay. Because he's he's older now. He's almost 14. And he's, he understands the intellectual reality of, look, this car needs to leave. The budget needs to go elsewhere. He'd rather play you Fortnite. <laughs> Not, I mean, he would. He would. But at the same time, he, he does understand that, look, this is this costs money and it's worth money and we need to get money out of it and that money yeah. needs to go elsewhere. He gets that intellectually. Uh, having said that, 
he still keeps kind of asking me for ways we could finagle to maybe keep it around. <laughs> that keeps happening, which is actually very cool. He likes it a lot. It, we're both big fans. So do you he, want to go to college or do you not yeah, want to go to college? He, he wishes it would stay, but he understands why it's going. So he's being fairly intellectual about it, but he's right. Th- I'm right there with him. And that is, it'd be cool if it stays, but it's just not reality. Good. good. Well, I do hope somebody takes it and enjoys it. I and hope somebody buys it's ready it and to it. rock. It's yes. so fast. It's yes. so comfortable. And it's so very vintage Z and, and perfect. It's one of the things that I talk about in the video and I'll, I'm sure I'll answer questions about it on the discord as well. It is not the most pristine looking example. The paint's got nicks and stuff in it. It's good. However, it's however, three year old car. You know, it's a 10 footer. You look at it from 10 feet, and like, that's, that car looks amazing. It closer. Oh, yeah, this paint needs some work. That's the reality. However, sure. I don't think you could buy a better sorted Z to drive. I agree with that. Just like, let's go do something. Let's drive this. Let's not be precious. Buy this Z. I don't think you could buy a better yeah. 300ZX. It's just ready to be driven. I feel like all the other ones I see are the Sunday cars and coffee cars. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that I would take those on a multi-thousand mile trip. <laughs> right. You know, this car is right. ready. And, and I've proven it with four big road trips that it's just ready to go. It's sorted. I actually had it in, in with my mechanic. He gave it a full once over before we actually posted. And he was like, this car is in such good shape. He checked <laughs> all the fluids. Buy it? <laughs> Seriously, he checked all the fluids. It was very, very funny. So yeah, it's, it's ready to go. Wow. I'm sad. But you know, onwards, right? But that's life for sure. Whatever car you're looking for and wherever it's listed, you'll find it with autotempest.com. Autotempest.com brings together results from all the top used car listing sites online to save you time and help you find the perfect car. It even lets you compare with nationwide results from Facebook Marketplace and Craigslist, not just your local area. Plus, you can now get email alerts for your search, so you're sure to never miss a thing. You can even price and find new cars from nearby dealers. That's why Autotempest is now the official sponsor of all of our test drive videos. We use it to search for new cars or used cars wherever they are. When you're doing your drive homework, you're chasing the next family car, or just browsing so you can see what's available, go to autotempest.com slash everyday so they know we sent you. Autotempest. All the cars. One search. It has been a long time since we've jumped into car conclusions, and I really appreciate all of you writing to us with yeah, your car really conclusions. Cool. There's so much enthusiasm when you land on something, uh-huh. whether or not we uh, debated your car debate, whether or not we got to it, we're sorry we can't get to everyone's, but for those of you who did, and, and even those people who were inspired by listening, and, and we have all That's kinds so of people fun. writing, so yeah. please continue that. We're jumping right in with Christian in Montana from episode 776, and you remember Christian because he had that Audi offered to him. Yeah. And well, then his dealer called and offered him a brand new Honda Civic Type R. It was the Civic Type R versus the uh, the RS3, basically. And he was like, hmm, where do I go? Yeah. Well, he said that we both made strong points. Hey, that happens. It's nice. <laughs> he didn't expect a response, but he says he submitted the message. And before the podcast episode aired, he decided to hold off on the Civic. And he told the dealer that hmm. he was at mental peace for a few weeks. <laughs> Mental peace. Then the dealer called the day that he wrote this email, said the Type R hadn't sold yet, but it had arrived. And was Christian interested? That that may be the only Civic Type R in the country that landed and did not have a buyer standing at the edge of the property. That <laughs> okay. amazes me. Anyway, okay. yeah, yeah. Christian writes, this is a bit like your drug dealer knocking on your door a week after you told him you quit. Yeah. He was in mental shambles. And then serendipity struck, and hours later he listened to the episode where we answered his questions. Hmm. Apparently we helped. That's nice. I, I'm glad yeah. to hear that. Because the Audi RS3 is the car he wants to try next. He's going to hang tight, see what the Audi dealer can do, and hoping that the dealer will get an allocation in the first quarter of 2023. So early May, right about now, he'll assess his options. 
And we make some good suggestions for alternatives, particularly the Macan. Good, Todd. good. He dismisses it as an SUV, but he says dynamically it's like a sport wagon. It's Porsche's hatchback is it's, really it's what like it is. It's like a small hatchback. It really is. Yes. But having driven the FK8 for a year, he's driven the Civic Type R. Mm-hmm. Prajan, he says he knows how good these cars are dynamically. And he said he did that with that car, exactly what we proposed he could do with the FL5, the new mm-hmm. one. He bought it, drove it for a year, sold it for $2,500 less than I'm he paid. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at all. But he says it was worth it to experience the yeah. car for a yeah. year. It's the cost of doing business with your car and, mm-hmm. and experiencing yeah. Yeah, it. Yeah. And he says it's not true that no one liked the looks. The <laughs> 12-year-old boys in his daughter's class loved it. I'm sure they did. That, there, there's your target audience nailed. They can't begin to buy or drive it, but they love it. Yeah. He said one day they were lined up clapping when they pulled into the school drop-off line. He was thoroughly pleased and his daughter less so. Did she say, Dad, why can't you have a normal car? Did she say that? Because I, I, I'm hearing it in my head for sure. sure. Yeah. I'm sure he can think of many worse things in this world than not getting the new Audi that you want. But as, as his grandmother used to say, when life gives you milk, make lemonade. All right. Thanks, Grandma. <laughs> I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> I really like uh, Zachary writing in from episode 187. That's way, way back, it's been by the way. one or two years. What I think is so funny about this email is the way that he starts it. He says, I have to admit, I stopped listening to your podcast for a while. Beca- and I'm reading that first sentence going, what What happened? Because it always made him want a new car. <laughs> like, what did we do? Every time he listened, he kept being unhappy with his car and trying to buy something. So he, he bought something that he loved. We did a debate from him in episode 187, and from that he bought a Fiat 500 to Bart and loved it. And so he stopped listening. Got a car I like, and I'm going to stop listening. <laughs> Just don't do anything else. So yeah, that, that, that's what happened. But eventually he's worked his way back, and uh, new things have happened. Well, Zachary sold the Abart and got back into the podcast, as one does. <laughs> sold the card, like, well, now Looking what? Looking for something to do? Let's talk to these guys what again. I like do? it. That's good. So he's re- really thinking about the rear-wheel drive experience, so he bought a new 2023 GR86. Good. First Toyota, first rear-drive, actual sports car, first car bought sight unseen, Oof. and he never drove one. He wow. just leaned on our guidance. He trusted us. And he has to say it's been a blast so far. I'm, I, I am breathing a sigh of relief. Wow. <laughs> Guys, I listened. I never bought one like this. I bought it. And I hate it. No, thank God. Zachary actually loves it, which is not surprising. It's such a good car. He also apologizes that he got white because he says, you know, supply chain and all that yeah, jazz. Yeah, uh, that was what was available. He now has white. But good for you, Zach. That's an amazing <laughs> choice. But apparently the Griot's Garage detail is going well. He says he's cultivating new generation for speed and aviation too. So. Love it. Tom Z writes from episode triple six. He said, I was featured in episode 666. Thank you. <laughs> right. There are people that asked if we were going to do some okay. sort of devil theme there. And I was like, I couldn't ever figure out what that was supposed to be. So we were just like, you know, what? we're just going to do another episode and off we go. Yeah, I don't know. He says, well, he sent in his car debate re- relating to replacing his Honda element. Yep. Suggestions were made. Cars were driven. He wrote up a nice conclusion where he landed on a Ford Maverick hybrid as his element replacement of choice. Okay. I like it. Good. Place the Honda Element. Well, that was back in August. While many Maverick customers have waited longer than Tom did, things changed because he changed jobs and he contributes to the next generation of space suits. Okay, cool. That's awesome. Wow. Well, this means that he will be driving 60 miles each day down not smooth highways doing 75 miles an hour. Hmm. This is not only the Element's strong suit. It's borderline unbearable, it's, and he yeah. would be at a gas station every other day. Element's terrible for it, and he so he has to get out of that even more now. So he started searching differently because you know he thought that the Maverick would be perfect, but 
Now he has this commute, so that's changed things again. His his search is fuel economy, comfort, and interior features are best because, again, it's about the commute. Mm-hmm. He thought of going to EVs. Okay. Range was not much of an issue, even with calculated winter losses outside of the Chevy Bolt. And he says the Bolt EUVs, low cost, crazy mm-hmm. features for the money, and tra- tax credit if you can find one new. And then memories how fun it drove automatically vaulted it to the number one slot. And he writes... Despite the fact that he would be legitimately within a 40-mile threshold in a calculated winter range loss. Tom, you are an engineer. <laughs> yeah. But you're doing, he's doing that Apollo 13 thing that you've always yes. joked about in electric cars. When you get really low, you start turning things off, figuring out if That's you can right. stretch it. Yeah, for sure. I huh? can suffer. I'll eat peanut butter and jelly and Cheetos, and I'll, I'll finally get I there. Can, I can put on a jacket. It'll be fine. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> well, he said he'd get a, a set of all-season tires so he can use the Fiat on cold days, which he still has. And then he turrowed a Bolt EUV for two full days because he remembered his time as a seat engineer at GM and the pain that seat caused his back. It goes further. He said he was actually one of the case studies in the program for the seat comfort because he had a bad back that was problematic with the seats. And so the comfort engineer responsible for the program actually used him, which is crazy, used Tom as somebody, as a reference for those seats. And I have to say, the Bolt seats aren't good. Not that <laughs> I'm great. sorry to say it, but that's true. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, go on. Well, apparently the seat has been improved, but it was still painful for Tom. So he considered and was able to drive several EV options ranked from first to last. Tesla Model 3, Volkswagen ID4, the Model Y, then a Kia EV6 all-wheel drive, the EV6 rear-wheel drive, and a Mustang Mach-E trailing at the end. Hmm, He says even with the tax credits, they were too expensive, or in the case of the Tesla, he wasn't able to stomach the interior at that price. That is a stark interior. Minimalism, and you you can pay more. You have to decide that you think this is luxurious. Wow. Well, he went to the Philly Auto Show. Tom looked at the 2023 Prius, which he was considering, and the new Civic. The new Civic interior, as we know, is amazing for the cost. The features are everything he wants and needs, aside from the vented seats. But unlike the Prius, which would have been a six-month wait, six months of 120 miles a day and the element would have really sucked. Yes, for sure. He can have one now. But he's not a fan of the regular Civic's nose. So that meant his choices were down to the Civic, the Prius, and the Acura Integra. Mm. He called his dealers. Integras were more readily available. So he walks into an Acura dealer, sees an A-Spec Integra in Apex Mm. Blue, and Mm. says, yeah. He tests drove the A-Spec technology with the CVT and loved every moment of it because it has everything he wants. Yep. It's quiet. I see it. Great stereo, great looks, good fuel economy, and that Honda reliability, which he leaves as a question mark. Yeah, we'll see. I think it'll be good. Tom went the CVT route, even though he could have gotten a manual, because this is a car that he will be exclusively commuting in and just mostly straight lines. Totally get it. Yep. He's got the Fiat for manual fun and race days. So he put his money where his mouth is and not only got the CVT that he defends, but the Integra. <laughs> okay. Because it's, he's defended its position as the civic alternative. Tom, you're absolutely right. Yep. That's, what, that's and, why it exists for and, sure. Yeah. And the fact that it was readily available. Brilliant. That's key for sure. Then he did the dog test. <laughs> one month later, he did the dog test. By the way, uh, yeah, dog fit was perfect, which is good. That's very important. Wow. He says, unlike the Tesla and a 2022 Prius, the dog jumped right in, which meant it's handsome like the dog and not a muskmobile. Interesting. Lights. Okay, so the dog doesn't like Teslas, but it likes this one. That's good. Good to know. <laughs> says it's not a rugged hybrid like he first envisioned, but he loves the two cars that sit in his garage right now. And he says he 
just really appreciates all of our insight. And uh, Tom, thank yep. you so much. He may be said he may be back in a couple of years to change it up again. We're here, man. Let's 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 talk about it. Matthew M writes a very short note. <laughs> this may be the actual shortest car conclusion we've ever gotten. I think it is. He says it's like hey, two sentences. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Paul, he got his first Cayman, and it's all my fault. Okay, probably. Yikes. Yeah. Thanks to both of you for making videos, which so adeptly align to his driving passion, tastes, and more so budgets. Really, budgets? Did I nail the budget? Because uh, I usually good don't. job. You know, you don't really go over, but but most people go over. So in that regard, you end up hitting the target. So, so there we uh, go, yeah. Matthew, Matthew. Glad you got one. That's cool. That's awesome. Real hope you real, hope you really enjoy it. Steve K also says thanks to us. He bought a BRZ. Good. He writes that one sign of a good car review is how true the comments are when you own the same car. Mm -hmm. And he bought a BRZ, again, largely due to our reviews. He trusted us. Whew. Yeah, I like where that works out. Yeah, <laughs> He says it holds up well now that he's driving it instead of wishing for it. But Steve promised himself he would acknowledge one year of cancer remission with a sports car. Wow. Good for you, Steve. He was going to buy a used Cayman, but prices are artificially too high. They will always be. Uh -huh. And he remembered what we've often said in our videos drive your sports car all the time instead of garaging it because it's some sort of collectible. It's what you've done with the Z. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing. I, I love having driven that car and the experience we've had on it, which is so wonderful, yeah. Steve has car camping and road trips planned for Glacier National Park, the North Cascades National Park, and more to come. He said it should be well enough to do day hikes and stay in his tent, and you can actually pack a lot of stuff in a BRZ with that rear seat. Yeah, you down. can. Quite a bit, actually. Mm -hmm. You can even take his inflatable sea kayak. Wow, that is more than I expected, but good to know. Well, Steve, I really hope you enjoy it. We both do. He's rediscovering the joy, he writes, that he originally experienced when he bought his first sports car when he was 18, mm. and Steve is now 65. Love he it. That's great. says sports cars have improved tremendously since then. And he's not a fan of computers with four wheels that can do what a skilled driver can do. He'd rather learn the driving skills and track techniques because it's so much more rewarding and fun. Love it. Tires have changed quite a bit too. In a, a smidge, just a little bit. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> I mean, what just modern all seasons can do yeah. will astound you. It'd be interesting to, to have like, you know, a pristine showroom condition sports car from the 60s and put <laughs> modern tires on them. The axles will just break. Yeah, you, you'll find what the next weak link is because it's going <laughs> to reveal it for sure. Yeah. Fine. Dan G writes to us. He started listening to the podcast during the pandemic. So we had a lot of time to catch up on all the previous episodes. Mm. Dan has never been part of a car debate, but he did buy a car recently, directly impacted by listening to all of our car discussions. Cool. Dan turned 40 last year and to this point has not had the means or been in a situation to own a fun car. The most fun he's had in a car involved a 2011 Mazda 3 manual. Which are good. It's Which is good. good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Dan has four kids, ages 4 to 11, so they've got a Honda Odyssey to haul the family. But he just bought a 2012 Mercedes-Benz C300 4Matic. Okay, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, he realizes this is not necessarily a car that we're recommending left and right on the show. It's not a go-to, no, but it's a solid car. Yeah, absolutely. He says it ticks a lot of boxes for him. He's a teacher. He carries three of his kids to school, so he needed a sedan. This is also the most powerful car that he's ever owned, and since mm. he lives in the upper Midwest, his MOF all but insisted on Anything but a rear-wheel drive vehicle. Tires. Oh, sorry. Tires, what? What yes. That? Yeah. So the all-wheel drive is a sacrifice he's happy to make for her, and they feel confident driving the kids around in the snow. But most importantly, this is the first German car Dan has ever owned. Ooh, okay. It's got 113,000 miles, but he got it for $12,000 out the door. That is, look, it's a fine. I'm going to warn you, though. Here's the thing. When it needs stuff, and it will, and I'm not, gonna, not like random stuff's going to break, but like when it needs stuff, 
that's when you're going to feel the difference, the fact that this was an expensive German luxury car. The sure. parts and getting stuff done is going to be expensive. I am not saying that as a downside or a reason that, this, that you shouldn't be thrilled because I think you should be thrilled. I'm just bracing you and your MOF for, huh, that's expensive to get that done. <laughs> Mercedes prices their parts at that level uh-huh, today. That's where we're at. Yep. Huh. Well, Dan writes, the previous owner had it for seven years and babied it. Love it. He had all the services done. This owner says, had it super clean. The paint is nearly immaculate. That's a find. That is a find. Low for sure, price. Right? The owner had babied it, yep. did all this. Yep. No neglect in service and maintenance. True. That is exactly what you want. So fantastic, Dan. Really appreciate it. He says Toyota and Mazda is what he was looking for. Honda, you know. So to wind up with a Mercedes is a big leap. I love that you took the leap. Deal. That's really cool. Yeah. Well, he's also planning on buying a cheap sports car in the near future to start wrenching on and enjoy with his son as he grows up. Love that. Something similar to what we did with our cheap sports car challenge, like a Z4 or a Porsche Boxster. Excellent. Good. See, you're in the German car thing now. We'll see how this unfolds. I'm excited for you to try it, though. That's great. Sometime in 2021, I had talked about giving yourself permission to move on from a superior car. Mm -hmm. I did. No, we, we talked about it with the GR86. You made the comment where you said, actually on camera, you said that, we all have this thinking that the progression of cars has to always be bigger, better, more expensive. Yeah. But sometimes yeah. you want to step down to something lesser. Or you have the thing that is the icon in the segment. You did say this on the podcast at one point. You have the thing that's the icon in the segment. Mm-hmm. But instead of buying another one of the icon in the segment, what if you buy one of the alts for a different experience? Even okay. if you know it's not as good, but it's still excellent, yeah. what if you buy the alt? And that really affected Kyle. Kyle Burkhart writes to us about his choices and Kyle says that that I discussed in the context of selling the Cayman and he asks me how all that's going not good Kyle it's not going good at all it's like you you have an irregular orbit around the concept of selling that Cayman you'll have you'll have a few months where you're like selling 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 and then you spear out to space and the next thing I hear you're like I'm gonna tune it and I'm gonna put wheels on it and I'm gonna do this to it and I just read about that I could do it wait wait, 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 a couple months ago we were selling that car what's going (laughs) on yeah I have no say I'm just listening to the story and it's not happening yeah well, when I said all these things, Kyle at the time had an 06 911S in speed yellow. He had owned for six years and 50,000 miles. He did everything with that car. Commuting, autocross, occasional track days, and one lap of America. He's owned a lot of different cars, but the Porsche was or is superior in every way. It could have easily been a forever car. Sure. But Kyle took my thoughts to heart and sold the car in the COVID market for more than he paid for it. Okay, like it. Yep. It was time for a new experience if not one that was superior to the experience that he had with the 911. So he consulted our Everyday Driver Discord gang. So he's a patron and he's on Discord. So that's very cool, man. Everyone agreed that there were two candidates. A Corvette that Cycle Report Nate had just purchased. Yep, and and, and transform. He, keep in mind, we're talking about progression of cars. He had had an FRS that he had done just about everything you could do to that FRS. Sold it to another patron on Discord it's and awesome. bought himself a Corvette C6 Grand Sport that he is in love with. He had just bought it and started talking to Kyle about, well, if you're looking for alts, what about over here when I show you a Corvette? Like, Hello. Yeah. And also the second choice was the F-Type Jag. Huh. Kyle says they had turboed a V6 F-Type in Park City a few years prior, so he had an idea of what the Jag was about, but he's not ready for the jorts and the New Balance sneakers, and I the jokes continue. Yeah, I, so I get it. He couldn't go Corvette, so that yeah. means he started looking at F-Types for sure. Just because yeah, yeah. of the associated the stigma yeah. of clothing. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. That's funny. What do Jag owners wear? Like driving gloves? Yes, like, and the flat, flat, hat. Yeah. flat hat. Yeah, that's right. Anyway. Well, says Kyle says, being him, a rear-wheel drive V8 was the only option, 
So he purchased a 2015 Jaguar F-Type R, and he loves it. That's so good. I'm so thrilled. He believes the 911, even a 10 or more year older one, is still a superior car. It's lighter and more engaging and manual, but it's a much more practical road trip car as it has more storage. But he wasn't after a superior experience. He wanted a great and different experience. Kyle, I love this. That's just a fantastic way to approach it. He said that the F-Type R has really surprised you. It handles the weight very well, which is everyone I've ever driven. I've been very surprised by that. He said the front end has more grip than you think, and he's learning how great the ZF 8-speed can be. It actually is a phenomenal transmission, which is why so many people have put it in so many different rear-wheel drive cars. Mm -hmm. He said it's like two cars in one. It can be leather-swathed GT car or... It can be a surprisingly insane sports car. He's just thrilled with how good it is. And he's got a license plate that says Jekyll and Hyde, which is pretty funny. That's pretty great. Well, Kyle says he doesn't know where this relationship is going. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody does. He suspects it's like dating a crazy redhead you met at a bar, burns hot and fast, but (laughs) then it's going to end with someone crying hysterically over ketchup and plates being thrown against the wall. That's an image. I like this. That's good. All right. Okay. It's a movie scene right there. Uh But he says in the meantime, he's going to enjoy it until he's ready for the next experience. Very good. We want to remind you that one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle is better brakes. An upgraded brake system can transform a vehicle's performance and give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. Track, trail, or traffic, every vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. No matter what your vehicle is or your driving style, PowerStop has a complete brake upgrade kit for you. Head to PowerStop.com. Fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder, and you'll be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, truly noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. We have both experienced firsthand the upgrade quality on our own vehicles. I've got the Z36 truck and tow pads and rotors on my Ford Expedition, and it brakes more powerfully than it ever has. Join the thousands of drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today. Power Stop. Brake upgrades made easy. Sherman in Albuquerque, New Mexico, writes to us asking, where are all the fun hatches and wagons? Um, Not made anymore, and they make CUVs instead. (laughs) Thanks for writing in, Sherman. Good to have you. Sherman is a (laughs) first-time writer, long-time listener. Really appreciate it. He says his minister of finance had given him a budget of $25,000 to $30,000 at the top end. He's looking for one car that can replace their current daily drivers. Two for one. Okay. The perks of a spouse that works from home. An Econobox hatchback and a manual CUV. That's what they currently have, but they're trying to replace them with one car. Interesting. All right. Okay. Sherman is at the point in his career where he can afford to have a nicer car. Just be for a daily driver and errands, no corner carving other than on and off ramps. Okay. He currently has a BMW E36 slowly being brought back from the brink of death. So, okay. I I love these emails when it's like, I have a very, very thin budget. I want to... Because all my money's going into an old BMW. I want to consolidate... I'd like to get a car that does everything. Wait, don't look behind that door. Don't look behind that door where <laughs> right. I have the rotting project that what may never go, may never drive <laughs> I again. Have to park in my driveway because the garage is full of. Yeah, so you have that E36 car. slowly being brought back from the brink of death, and I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask this question, Sherman, and I know pitchforks are coming out, but what's the goal for that car? Does it have a time frame? And if it becomes the world's nicest, you didn't say E36 M3, you just said E36. If it becomes right. the world's nicest restored E36, now what? Do you drive it? I Do you hope. keep it? Do you sell it? What 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 is the plan for that car? I just I, I and I'm not look, I'm not saying that you shouldn't enjoy it. Maybe there's history. I don't know what the story is there, but 
from the brink of death, you're bringing this car back. I hear E36 and I just think they made a lot of those. Yeah, it's not clear that it's an M3, so we don't so think it does, it's an M3. So it doesn't, doesn't appear to be some special, unique car. So I would love to know more of the story, Sherman, as to why you have that. But clearly, you were consolidating two other cars into one, but the project stays. He wants something he doesn't have to worry about because he already does have something to worry about. Because he already has something to worry about, yeah. Well, Sherman was considering an Elantra N, which he loved and almost bought several months back, but his body did not agree with the seats. Mm. You need to call Tom and have a consultation. You guys well, but, like, but, figure out seats. But here's here. the interesting thing, though, about seats. And I want to say this to you, Sherman, and, and you, many of you guys have heard me say this before. Seats are so personal. They are. I yeah. mean, they're they're trying to make seats that are one size fits all, and that's impossible because the range is between like somebody four foot nine and somebody seven foot two. And guess what? Those aren't the same seat. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So they try to make one size fits all. And you and I, Paul, are a great example. We're the same height, but yet you and I will disagree on which car has comfortable seats. Totally. Because yeah. we have just different length torsos and different body shapes. And so it is amazing how personal it is. And there is a side note to this, and that is something I, I discovered forever ago when I had my first FRS. I got a loaner car that was an Outback. Okay. I didn't like the seats. Oh, this now this is back in the Saab 92X years. I, I think I had a loaner car Outback for a little bit. I didn't like the seats. Really? And I remember that I drove it long enough that my body got used to it. That is something that happens. Yeah. So your body can get used to a bad seat or a bad chair. I'm not suggesting that. Not ideal. I am suggesting if the, if when you first drive it, you don't like it, find a car that you like the seats and the Elantra N didn't work. You said the WRX with the SPT also didn't work. He said it was also just a little bit out of your budget. He drove a 10th gen Civic Type R, which he thought would be perfect, but he can't find a good one within his budget. So now we have a conundrum. Hmm. Well, Sherman also was considering the WRX with the Subaru Performance Transmission, yep. also known as a CVT. He loved it, but just out of his budget, and it only comes in sedan form. And then, yeah, that Civic Type R, but also under consideration are a Focus RS, a Focus ST. Mm. He loved that ST, but he wonders if the RS is worth the extra money. You do get all-wheel drive in the RS, and it does matter. Yeah, true. It, the, the ride it's is stiff. The ride, the ride is worse. The ride is is noticeably <laughs> seats worse. Seats are great. Than the ST. Ride's worse. It's got great seats. It's it's got fantastic performance. But even in the softest mode, the RS has a stiff ride. He also considered the Buick Tour X. Never see them. They're cool. You never see them. I forgot about them. And also a Kona N, like lightly used or lightly abused. <laughs> <laughs> it has years of abuse left in it. Yeah, uh-huh. exactly. His must-haves include a hatch, a wagon, or a CUV that can hold five dogs. Five dogs. I, I, I went, read that twice. Five dogs. Five Two dogs. medium and three small. So that's why it's five. But he does say short vet runs. That's really what it's used for. I don't get the impression that you're taking the five dogs anywhere together regularly, but it mm. does happen, yeah. The nice-to-have column includes a manual or a DCT, forced induction, decent ride, it's got to be new, and the newer the better, but also something that flies under the radar and doesn't grab attention. Interesting, so okay. anything with giant wings are, <laughs> are probably out. right out. Yeah, exactly. That Elantra in already, he said, it's pushing, <laughs> pushing the limits on ride quality. He said he doesn't want poor ride. If you don't want poor ride and you think the Elantra in is the edge, do not buy a Focus RS. Okay, <laughs> and also, if you're worried about something that flashy. flies under the radar and doesn't grab attention, I don't think that's the Elantra in either, because if you didn't see it, you heard it. Yeah. It's quite loud. Yeah, true. Yeah, that may be wrong. And he also has under the meh, eh, I'm not sure, I don't really want it kind of category. Anything European? Well, you've got the E36. Yeah, yeah. Got that. I'd love to know more story there for sure. I I do too, because it's just sitting lurking. Yep. We don't know how much money is being poured into this thing. And again, you're right. What is going to happen with the car? 
is it a two door? Is it a four door? What are we talking? And what's, what's the end goal there? Yeah. I'd really love to know. But anyway. Mm. All right. For 25 to $30,000, Sherman, you looked at the Civic Type R. Why not an 11th generation Civic SI? Yeah. Okay. That yeah. is, that does everything you want it to do, but okay. It's more of a sedan. So how about the Acura Integra? Just a straight Integra. Sure. He's going to be a little bit above his budget, but it's a great solve. It's a really good solve. Straight yeah. across. I mean, yeah. you're yeah. right. Slightly more, but it's all of those things. It does mm-hmm. fly under the radar and it's got a lift back on it. So I'm hoping once you fold the seats down mm-hmm. and coat it in plastic, then you can fit all five dogs. <laughs> Here, puppies. <laughs> they, sh- they should fit. I mean, you're, you're saying this is an annual trip yeah. to the vet. It's not a requirement. It's not like a monthly thing. No, it's not like we're, we're regularly doing dog park duty. That's not happening, yeah. And the five dogs are not all together in the car always. Clearly not. Yeah, you're not, you're not running a, a dog, dog walking service, yeah. It's, you know, well, it's that time of year again, yeah. so get out the, the, the <laughs> rhino liner, whatever. I was at a dog park <laughs> once with one of our dogs, and we happened to be leaving the dog park gates as one of those We Walk Your Dog For You vans was leaving with the dogs they had. Oh. And they just gathered up my dog, like herded it up with, with theirs. <laughs> oh, and I was really? like, uh, excuse me, but that one is mine. And I called her and she came back out. But I was like, that one's mine. So that's not okay. Funny. That's, you don't just get to gather all the dogs behind the gate right now. Because I mean, they, they would have realized it was all like a mob of dogs. And they were like, okay, slide open the van, okay. transit van, get everybody in. Let's go quick before any of them scatter. <laughs> they like, were off yes, leash. But, but that one is mine. <laughs> anyway, that's funny. Separate thing because they're all running around yeah, in the dog park sure off leash, and just here's the pack of dogs. Yep. And your dog probably was like, "Where are we going?" Yeah, exactly. Cool. Everybody's going this way. <laughs> I found the party. Let's do that. Well, awesome. <laughs> I could get in that van. That's fine. Are there treats in there? <laughs> I'm sure there are. I, those are the two cars that I've got for you, Sherman, because they are brand new. They are right in your budget. I mean, the Civic Type R. Is, sorry, the Civic Si is about twenty nine thousand dollars. And then the Acura Integra is just a touch more, 33, 34, somewhere in there. But you can you can choose get one, yeah. manual with that car. And they're really fun to drive. They're, they're surprisingly fun. And they have all the elements of every other car that you listed, but just, just a notch below. I mean, it, it's sure, a Focus yeah, yeah. ST kind of yeah, feeling. Yeah. And they're great to drive. The steering is great. I think you would really enjoy that. Plus, they're Honda products. That is going to be your new, mm. I don't worry about it. It just runs yeah, kind of it. car. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, the on-ramps, there's no speed limit signs. I've never found the on-ramp with a speed limit <laughs> sign. You can just chuck it around through the cloverleaf and hang on. <laughs> Honey, watch this. Oh, wait, the dogs are in the back. Don't the do that right now. The dogs are hating it. The dogs are hanging on for dear life. <laughs> anyway, you know, actually, Sherman, another one I thought of for you, and I think you may have to go a year or two old to actually get in your budget, but in general, it's very tempting for you, and that is the Mazda 3 Turbo. Oh, the turbo. All-wheel drive. Oh, surprisingly yeah. good. It's not a manual, but it, it but look, it it rides really well. That's a good one. It's got a very nice interior. It flies under the radar like crazy. Yeah. It's a hatchback. Mazda 3 Turbo is a really good option here. The dogs will fit. They'll be they'll yeah, be cozy. No, but but but, but who cares? That, those I dogs know. aren't going to be massive in that situation. You've got a nice hatchback. I think that really is kind of the the sleeper hiding in, in plain sight here is the Mazda 3 Turbo would be really good for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's not as hot. It, it's a it's a lukewarm hatch. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not as hot as the hot ones, the the Focus STs and that kind of stuff. But it's just below those. But it is less flashy. True. True. And I think in your kind of normal driving scenarios, which is most of your driving, I think you're going to like it more because the thing I keep coming back to is the fact that you're replacing two cars for one, the economy hatchback and the manual CUV. 
So you lose the manual here, but that is a really nice merge of cars in the mm -hmm. Mazda 3 Turbo. I just don't want you to get an, a slightly larger CUV for that one time a year thing. Agreed. No, don't do the that. The task. Do that. Yeah. Does the vet have a van you can... <laughs> the vet van. <laughs> Pick up the dogs. There you go. Come to you, maybe. I don't know. But yeah, I, I think those are excellent suggestions. You definitely need to, need to drive those and uh, let us know what you get. If you've got a debate like Sherman's, TV at gmail.com for all your Topic Tuesdays, your car conclusions like we just read, and your debates. Jumping over to questions, looking at Instagram here from Geese1RBM, who says, with Akio Toyota stepping down as the president and CEO of Toyota, do we see them stepping back from the enthusiast cars that he really championed? Hmm. Not initially. I don't know that they ever will. But what I do know is that all the leadership under President Akio Toyota, Toyota-san, has seen what Toyota has done under his leadership. He has demonstrated for years to come, this is how we're going to do things and let motorsports derive the performance vehicles that everybody wants and now I think that's going to happen to the new Toyota Tacoma 2. It's not a GR vehicle, but it's got that same now kind of halo over it. Everybody wants it so much, and they've put so much effort into development with that truck for off-roading. I read that they built over 400 different prototype versions of that truck. Oh, my gosh. That's one or two. That's, that's a fair amount. You've been working for a while, yeah. But what his leadership throughout the years has done is they have now something to point to. Whether he's in command or not, he's got a legacy which people can look to to say, aha, okay, so now what would Toyota-san do and the, and the situation? The new CEO has worked with him through those scenarios, including right. trying to give Lexus its driving signature that they've been doing, and now he's jumping from that Lexus. While Lexus is worrying about how their cars drive, he's now jumping to the big spot. I mean, if anything, I only see this as a jumping off point for future products to say, okay, you've established this now. There's no reason to stop now. That that would kind of destroy everything, not only about your legacy, but about what Toyota now is in the minds of enthusiasts. As mm. we've identified for years, Toyota had nothing to offer all of us crazy enthusiasts. It's, it's interesting how cars go through, car <laughs> makers go through cycles like this. Yeah, yeah. now yeah. they're the go-to, GR everything. Yeah. There's more yeah. GR products promised. I, I'm, I look forward to products now from Toyota. It's like, the, the name has become synonymous with performance in that sense. Whereas Ford, I see, okay, you know, their business plan now includes things like the Mach-E. Yeah. It's fast, yeah. but all we really have to lean on is the new Mustang coming. I'm very curious to see what happens to Toyota with regard to hybrids versus electrics. Mm -hmm. Because they were the pioneer of hybrid technology in the late 90s. Think about it this way. Yeah. When GM was making the first fully electric car in the 90s, Toyota was playing around with the first full hybrid car in the Prius. That's a good point. And now you've got Toyota is without question the standard for how a hybrid system works, and they have it in most of their vehicles. But they've done that because they have not leaned fully into electrics. Every other mm -hmm. car maker, because they feel pressure or because it gets good headlines or because they think that that 2035 deadline is going to happen or not, for all these reasons, they have now leaned heavily into electrics, and Toyota has been behind that. They have been mm -hmm. behind the curve on everybody else, but they're one of the largest automakers. I'm curious to see how they treat hybrids, electrics, other power plants going forward, because I think the next 10 years for all of these automakers is going to be very interesting because of those pressures. Kazi Chav says, is a grouping of minis called a gaggle? I was thinking more, like a, I was thinking more like a swarm. 
a swarm of mini. I like swarm of mini. Maybe That's a good. mob. There, that that that, that wins, especially because of the British references to mobbing. That's <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, okay. yeah. A mob of minis. That's good. <laughs> there we go. Driver Psyche says to me, Paul, the FMK rules. I've got a two car garage, right? Actually, no, I've got a three car garage. Yes, you do. Yeah. Which one of my three sports cars gets to sleep outside the expedition does? <laughs> you <laughs> didn't see uh, that curveball coming. Currently sleeping outside. No, I've got some plans to to shuffle cars around. I've got the opportunity to put the 928 in a garage yep. and just off to the side. But the problem is I, I like looking at all three in the garage, but the expedition is kind of crying now because yep. it needs, I mean, the paint is falling off the tailgate because they were known the 2012 expeditions. Yeah. That tailgate was just known to have bubbly rust problems. I mean, it's it like corrosion underneath the yeah, paint. It's yeah. just flaking off. It's like, ugh, all right. Still runs great, but <laughs> that that's been a fantastic vehicle for you. And it it's has. amazing how it, it because it's the hand me down car and you don't use it a lot for what its purposes are, but when you do it's like this just works great. It just doesn't it? So great. Yeah, it really is good. And since you did shocks and tires and all, it's been a surprisingly good chase vehicle against much smaller it's animals. Chase vehicle, I can hang through corners, it's through amazing. long sweepers. Yeah. Other people think I'm gonna back off because I'm a lumbering SUV. No, I'm nope. not. No, you're not. Yep. It's also me. I'm gonna just throw it in. Let's there, see what you'll do. <laughs> let's give this a shot. <laughs> Anthony Zerg writes in on Facebook, and uh, I should preface this. I'm pretty sure Anthony was the one a few w- ways back who actually talked about how much he dislikes you too. Oh, yeah. So he asked this question. Oh, right. Uh, he says, so um, what's your favorite U2 song? <laughs> I actually have an answer. Do you? Okay. Where the Streets Have No Name. Oh, uh, yeah. That's classic. my favorite. Yeah, that yeah, is, yeah. that is. I mean, U2 ebbs and flows, but that one for sure I will take. Sheesh. I uh, knew a classmate in high school. I think I was a junior or senior, and a uh, classmate got a tattoo on his arm. It was a, okay. a measure, a, a staff with a oh, sure, clef yeah. and uh-huh. notes actually tattooed on that on that uh, on the staff okay so everybody would ask what is it uh-huh. and he would say you know sound it out it's the it's the melody to where the streets have no name he loved that song so much he got the notes actually tatted on his shoulder so no there you go anthony you could go that far if you want it's it's like the actual music that's interesting tatted right. on your body Nathaniel G says any news if will we be reviewing full size pickup trucks it's an interesting question. I mean, because, we will for uh, our test drive, for sure. Certainly test drive. I mean, we drove a few years ago in Atlanta, three pickup trucks yep. from the major yep. manufacturers mm-hmm. that were the representative examples of really what people do with pickup trucks, and that's drive around a city. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I know there's a lot of really incredibly capable trucks right now. I mean, we've got the Tundra TRD Pro. Yep. It is incredible. It's wicked fast. Yeah, it is. It's got yeah, like it close to 600 pound-feet of torque with the iForce Max yeah. engine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, electric motor hiding in the transmission plus twin turbos. Yep. It sounds great. It's just, <laughs> it's I can drag yeah. everyone at the light. Nobody's expecting that car. No one's expecting yeah, this yeah. truck. Yeah, yeah. Most trucks are like this now. They're just incredibly powerful and capable. But I see so many just in white. They're either construction or people just like their pickup trucks. And the big ones, the F-150s and that size... They just drive around on them. It's the 250s and the 350s where you see, okay, you're towing car haulers and you're towing horse trailers. And we see a lot of towing with the bigger ones, mm-hmm. which makes all kinds of sense. But then just the regular pickup trucks, people just like their trucks. So there's not a whole lot of off-roading going on. There's not a lot of, yeah. you know, I'm hauling stuff all the time. And it's it's occasional. And, and of course, it just depends on the owners. But for us to really review pickup trucks, it has to be 
we either have to launch them yeah. <laughs> into space and they'll break or some sort of incredibly gnarly off-road trail. I mean, we've got the Toyota Tacoma to look forward to, True. which is interesting. Yeah. And it it's going to be probably pretty incredibly capable. I, I would be all up for doing another, because we did it before, all up for doing another full-size truck comparison. The problem is that people don't come to us for trucks. Mm-hmm. So it works pretty well when we do test drives. but And also, we would do it again in a city. Because this is how pickups get uh, yeah. used. I understand that the flashy way to do a pickup review is watch me tow this camper up the highest uh, pass in North America. You yeah. find, you're never going to do that. You're never going to do that outside of the commercial yeah. advertising what it does. Or we're going to play tug of war or something ridiculous like that. You're going to drive it around a city. Because here's the other thing that happened. Some people didn't like that we did that. But here's the other part that I find interesting. Look at how luxurious pickups are now. Yeah. The manufacturer's know they're getting used like that. If they were getting used for towing and for <laughs> mudding true. and for going around your ranch, they wouldn't have the interiors they do now. They have, in, they have luxury yeah. car interiors and luxury car prices. I mean, the most that I see with Raptors around Park City, I mean, the incredibly capable yeah, yeah. Raptors, they're going to the ski resorts. Yeah, for sure. And the Rivian R1Ss, sorry, the R1Ts, the pickups. Yeah, yeah. They've got bike racks on the back. Seeing a ton of that right now, yeah. I mean, look, yes, there are people that use it for overlanding and they've got the pop-up tents on them and they do take them off-road and that happens, but I really feel like to do it, we need to either go really big for a a Mm -hmm. really big comparison to really figure out which one comes out on top. They're also capable. It comes down to styling and what's your brand and... You know, you, you the, like the interior features. The opening shot is all of them lined up. You can barely <laughs> see them behind each other in the Starbucks drive-thru. And, you, and the first, the next shot is the each each cup being put in a cup holder. You get to see this is... Everything is the same. I've annoyed everybody on the first shot. That's what we're doing right there. Kojo88 on Instagram says he wants to discuss the definition of a supercar. His definition is it's over 450 horsepower, great handling, over $125,000 in price, two seats but not a two plus two, probably needs a racetrack to really use it. Owners generally think about mileage and resale value over everything else. And then he has Mm -hmm. a throwdown. He says he is pretty sure that an Audi R8 V8 is a sports car and a V10 is a supercar. This is interesting. I, I don't know that I agree with you on the Audi R8 definition, but th- there's the problem is we have three dif- definitions that currently overlap. Mm-hmm. Sports car, GT car, and supercar. Well, there's also hypercar way out at the end. Hypercar is the, is the Those half the million and above, the, and... you know, typically millions on millions and harder to find. Hypercar is always the we're building six or 20, and they're spoken for before they even make the first one available, right. and none of them will be driven, which is right. actually, that's, that's a whole true. other category. But I, I think the interesting thing about supercars at this point is that, well, let me see if I can define this another way. You can have a GT, meaning as a grand tour, you could go cross country on it, and it starts to feel like it's a supercar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can have a sports car that starts to feel like it's a GT. You can have a sports car that starts to crowd the definition of what a supercar is. I'm going to refine your definition a little bit. I do think that most of what you've got here is correct, but I actually think over 450 horsepower is less important than what is the zero to 60 and the top speed. Okay. I think the zero to 60 has got to be less than three and a half, and the top speed has got to be over 190. Okay. These are supercar categories. So your, your Lotus Elise can't do that. 
Your super can't do that. Mm-hmm. But here's the interesting thing. The, uh, the C8 Corvette kind of does. And I wouldn't say it's a supercar. The other thing I think is interesting yeah. about a supercar is they aren't small. They aren't small cars. Sports cars can still be small cars. Sports cars are small. You're right. Supercars are big, wide, flat, angry. C8 is kind of crowding that definition too. But if you park a Supra next to an Aventador, the Aventador looks like a Hummer. Okay. And a Supra <laughs> yes, is like a normal average sized car. Okay. Yeah. But the Aventador is massive. The Gallardo, the Huracan, these are not small cars. Supercars are bigger cars than you think, even though they're two seats. And the other thing that's funny is because mm-hmm. they got that massive engine, they typically are two seats with not a ton of room. It's because you've got radiators and cooling and yes. ducting yes. and a huge engine. And So I do think yeah. it's well into six figures, two seats, kind of a cramped interior, a large footprint, and very impressive numbers. I mean, Kojo, as I'm thinking about this, that Corvette transforms and the lines are blurred because of technology. True. The magnetic ride in tour mode on the C8 makes it the world's greatest GT car. It is a spongy, comfortable loping along. It's not even turning 1800 RPM at 70 miles an hour. You go over a bump and the back kind of wallows. It like, does. Yeah. It fishtails and just <laughs> everything's cool, man. <laughs> well, then over here, the Maserati Gran Turismo Trofeo. I actually really, really like the brand new design. It's similar to the old one, but that's only by virtue of proportion. But the new surfaces look great. Well, that has the engine out of the MC20. Interesting point. Way past 600 horsepower twin turbo. This is a 199 mile per hour car. It Mm. says so on Maserati's website. This is a 200 mile an hour car. It's a four passenger large GT car. Sure. So so is is it a supercar? It's well over a hundred grand. Yeah. It's got the engine, that incredible engine out of the MC20. It's only a six cylinder, but okay. All yeah, the power. And, yeah. And it's large and heavy and I really like it. And I could see one as part of my garage because it's, <laughs> it's just so different. Yeah, sure. Sure. And I really like the style. I didn't like the, the concepts and I, it came out and I'm just going, this is just cool. I love how much you have turned on Maserati. I think that's so fantastic. <laughs> just, it's very good. Like the MC20 and the Gran Turismo. The SUVs I can leave you know, aside. Even I, I do want to drive the Gracale. I do yeah. want to drive that yeah. and experience it. But I, I suspect a lot of Porsche Cayenne comparisons and Macan comparisons. Probably, yeah. I'm sure. I hope it'll be brilliant. But this thing is just... The sweet spot, but it's not for everybody. Yeah, true. It's a true. low, limited production, low run kind of a car, but it's a 200 mile an hour GT car. Yeah. So where does yeah. that fit? There's so much blurring of those terms for sure. Guys, thank you for all your questions. We really appreciate it. We're always looking forward to hearing from you, even if it's just, hey, dropping the guys a note. Yep. I saw something. I saw spotted a car, something funny. It just made me think of Todd and Paul. We love, love hearing from love you, whether it. it's, it's on great. social media or an email, drop us a line. And we're always looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone. <laughs>